It's time to go into Auto Reverse with Tony and Matt, where we look at bands that were underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, and to some unknown. This week we're going Auto Reverse on Monster Magnet. So, Monster Magnet. Now, this is going to be maybe one of a little bit more of an unusual or not total auto reverse, typically, how we go because we're coming from two different places. We're coming from some one person who is, is a huge fan of the band, and the other person <laughs> who is not that big of an admirer of the band. But as always, try, trying to keep his, mouth, his mind open and being told. Uh, and exploring new paths that perhaps in the past he shoo-shooed or poo-pooed and, and stayed away from. So what I would like to know, because it is a really interesting story, why don't you tell me what, t how you first heard of them and kind of got into Monster Magnet? Well, the original way... I heard of them is I had a friend, a, a high school buddy, uh, George Rivera. He was working at Caroline Distribution. Oh, right. um, and Caroline also had the label arm. So they, they were a distribution company, but they also put out records. And I think at the time when he was working there in 89 or 90, they put out like the first Hole record, the first Smashing Pumpkins record, Gish, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, um, and then, so he, he, you know, we hung out one day after he got out of work, um, and he brought some promo CDs with them. And I think some of the ones I just mentioned were promo. And I was like, I don't really give a shit about these records, but there was one in there and it was monster magnets, uh, spine of God. And just from looking at the bull God logo on the front, I was like, this some, this is going to be good. I could just tell. And, um, I remember bringing it home and, listening listening to it like a million times uh i even remember finding acid in a in a book and and um and doing it while listening to that record uh and now now the doing the acid and listening to that record doesn't mean it made it better right. for me it was just it was just yeah, I was, uh, you know, it was nice to do to, so, to trip to that, but but that's how I found out about it. Was a friend of mine just gave me the CD, and then I, I didn't stop listening to it. And then, why? Like what? What? Why? Brought, what brought you into the band? So let, let's get into the, let's let's like sink our teeth into when you hit that, put the needle on, or hit the play on the cassette, or however uh, how you did it. Like, give me the impression because you you just said like you looked at the album art, you were taking like, oh, this looks kind of cool. And I'm sure there's some expectation in your head about what you're going, but when, it, when the rubber met the road and they started, it's, you started listening to a couple songs. Like what? Like describe that because I, it was well, it was very it was, transformational. It, well, it sounds like. So like the first time I listened to Spine of God, it was transformative in that I'd never heard something like that that was new. Uh, that this new version of sort of like hard rock psychedelic sort of psychedelic tinged hard rock it sounded it sounded new it sounded fresh it sounded druggy and 
it also reminded me of all the classic rock and what they call acid rock right. of like the 60s and 70s. It reminded me of that too, but it was this really finely tuned distillation of that kind of music and, and also the references and the sort of trashy culture of, of all that, the right. sort of burnout, burnout culture, uh, you know, of like denim, you know, like denim and leather and, and, and tie dye t-shirts and, and someone trying to sell you a lid. It just had all these like awesome things that I could just tell from the record without even knowing any of the history of the band, which I would late after I told uh, George how much I love the record, he, he then told me more about them, that they were from Red Bank, New Jersey, and they were part of this scene that didn't have a name yet. <laughs> okay, so we'll get to that, and we'll get to okay, that, good, we'll get to that as, as we talk. But uh, yeah, it was, just, it was just like a transformative mo moment for me where I was in some way waiting for a band like this because i liked grunge right right i liked a lot i liked mud honey i liked nirvana you know early nirvana i liked uh sound garden early sound garden i liked all these things but this was something different within that movement it was like the po it was like sort of post grunge but still part of grunge right right right, right, right. and um and it just it really made sense to me and I immediately latched on to that record, to Spine of God. I immediately latched on and, you know, went to, I, I started going to their shows. I saw them at the Wetlands. I saw them at CBGB's. I right. saw them opening up for different people. And I just, I, I think I've, I think I've, in that time period, so between like 90, 91 and like the late 90s. So like 98, 99, I think I saw uh, Monster Magnet at least 20 times at least Yikes. if not more yeah so that just and 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 it also sort of was a um the band that record that band sort of propelled me into the into the idea of starting a record label and and then eventually focusing the the music that i would put on on, on tp was focused on that sort of music, which would later be called Stoner Rock. Right. Did you try to get them to do, or like try to be, like when you were doing the label, or at some point even during the label, because they had such a influence? Did you try to get them to do like even like a seven inch or or anything? No, no but I I did something mad shady though. I um <laughs> I put out I put out their demo, so they had a cassette demo uh, that my friend John who my friend John Rossello, another high school friend of mine, he, he, he came up in that same scene, the Red Bank scene, because he was in a band that formed at, uh, during his college years at Rutgers in New Brunswick. So he had his band, Transylvia, had played shows with Monster Magnet. So he somehow, had, and, and I guess he had, when he, when he had played shows with them, he had gotten uh, some fanzines that they published and a cassette demo their early cassette demo which was the early lineup which was windorf the singer tim cronin on drums and john mcbain on guitar and he got the demo and what i did was he gave me the demo or let he lent it to me and then i bootlegged it and put it out on cd so i did eventually do a monster magnet thing 
but it just they didn't know about it. <laughs> you, you didn't get any. You didn't get any blowback about that. I mean, they're New Jersey boys. I, th- I, 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 I think I, I you would think a, you I think they would hit. Someone would kind of word got back, or they didn't care. Maybe it's. They. I think there may have been some blowback at my one of my distributors in Germany, Cargo Records Germany. I think they caught some blowback, and then, but they also they and then they sent that blowback to me more in the form of this didn't sell enough because I guess when I. When I did the bootleg in 2000 and I want to say like 2002 or 2003, uh, Monster Magnet's star was, you know, yeah, it was descending and uh, and it didn't sell as much as I thought it was going to sell. And also, I wasn't able to market it and, and do anything because it was a fucking bootleg. So. Uh, so, yeah, so I did do something with them, uh, but just not it wasn't. Um, it wasn't le- legal, I, but I did put out two records with Atomic Bitchwax, which well, was Ed Mundell from Monster Magnet, not an original member, but I did I did do those records right. uh, on TP. So what, yeah. so what was the kind of the scene that they were kind of doing there? Because like I I I don't have any idea kind of how they kind of I I know that they got they kind of came up through the you know kind of like the burgeoning stoner mar- stoner rock scene but and that's how i heard about them but i don't like did they basically were, were just a new jersey new york band or did they do a lot of touring or like what was their how did they kinda... well the the thing with them well they, they, they it's kind of weird so they were a band before the stoner rock was even a term right and uh, i think they had formed in 89 so they where, where they really came out of was this sort of new york scuzz rock scene so kind of like raging slab blitzspear like uh, cycle Spen- sluts from hell maybe john spencer blues explode or whatever Pussy john spencer's galore. early toasty galore, galore. Yeah. so they can't kind of came out of that technically right right and also part of their sort of like red bank new jersey scene um uh, uh windorf was in a band called shrapnel that played a lot of shows in new york uh and i think one of the dudes from blitzbeer was in the band with him so that was that was an early version of that band kind of on the shrapnel kind of formed on the heels of the of the uh new york city punk right you know the ramones and and blonde you know uh ramones and blondie and all that stuff they kind of came after that so like Windorf is kind of one of is like sort of polymer between the New York it, punk got it, scene got it, got it. and then this sort of like New York scuzz scuzz rock scene kind of like White Zombie was part of that as well. Uh, yeah. Um and and I and I look at bands like Monster Magnet and shit even like the Melvins as these bands that were kind of they were in between punk and what then would become Stoner Rock but they and they were doing their own thing you know kind of yeah. and but also kind of part of the grunge scene too so it's all sort of related uh and it was just that's why i gravitated so much towards them because it was just like so different right and it was a stark contrast to other things that were going on you know i was into hip i mean 88 89 i was into hip-hop you right. know, I was working. I, I was on my way to yeah. working at a hip hop label. So there was all this stuff going on, and 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 I was really, I was really, um, you know, I was 
happy with what was happening with what was going on with grunge and i was interested and i was buying records and but you know when when monster magnet showed up i was like this is different this is harder this is scarier yeah. right and that's why i really latched on Yeah, because when I heard him, I you know, when I first heard him, I, I heard Spine of God, and I, it was kind of you know to me it came off very Hawkwind-ish. Yes, uh, yes. And yes. even just the, some of the techniques with the, the the guitar effects and stuff were very Hawkwind-ish. It was very it was more I would call it like heavy psych kind of music. Like I didn't to me they're, they're never. I don't really consider them a heavy band. I mean, but like I do like really heavy stuff so um like melvin's is kind of like a baseline for me like i like that stuff um but i could see like they were you know more like at that time like the spine of god stuff like especially that sort of psych rock um you're right it wasn't really being toyed around with in the grunge scene because it was that was much more straightforward um and it this sounded more explorative like they were kind of just going on these weird little angles, which they didn't, to their credit, they didn't really stick with that sound that much. They kind of, you know, changed and evolved, you know, I don't know about evolved, but they changed their sound. They didn't keep with the Spine of God format. I mean, would you agree with that? Because, like, the next couple... Yeah, they, 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 the, the next couple records, uh, although I think Super Judge is, is definitely, like, similar to Spine of God. I think where they maybe moved further away from that sound was on the next record uh dopes to infinity although there was still an element of their the original sort of spine of god sound still in that but it was like dopes to infinity where they sort of like you know it was more of a departure and let's not forget too like with with spine of god i was also hearing like the influence of some of the like modern stuff at the time like spaceman three Right, like mm -hmm. there's an element of that in there too, like like you were saying, like Hawkwind, but there was an element of this sort of ambient sound, fucking around with the recordings to make it, you know, to like enhance this sort of 
like if you were like you were having a psychedelic trip, like I told you, I did the acid, and right. it was kind of like, and that really, I don't know, that was just fascinating to me. Maybe because I was only like, I mean, I was let's see, whew, I was only like twenty one right. or twenty two, and I had, and and you got to remember, like as much as I like classic rock or or psych rock or, or or acid rock whatever you want to call it that wasn't my music that was yeah. old people's music right and so <laughs> this was something that was my music it was me and made by people closer to my age right? right and it was also sort of part of this alternative um music scene that i had already really you know i was already knee deep into through you know in the 80s like you know n not as hard of sound not not as hard as as uh as monster magnet but like i said stuff like spaceman three right. even stuff like early shoe shoegaze music like my bloody valentine medicine and yeah. and, and, and yeah. jet yeah and jet uh, jesus and the mary chain and stuff yeah. so they, there was it was just all this stuff was very simpatico to monster magnet you know it had a modern sound for that time even though it was you know very you know retro-y too with the you know flare jeans and you know smoking joints and right, right, right. Ta talking of talking about the, doing whippets and stuff like that right you know, the, the food yeah 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 so um so that's that's why i gravitated toward them so hard and i just i really love uh spine of god i still listen to it and um um i still get pleasure from it it's a, such a uh, to me such a perfect record for what how, they were trying to do how did they translate live i mean like because I, I there was that one you put this really good playlist together that kind of captures captures uh their arc and there's a live song on there i think it's actually spine of god the and i couldn't really get a sense of from that and i don't know it was because this guy it was obviously like this guy's tape recorder recording but um did they tra how did they translate live cuz a band sloppy like sloppy messy garagey okay druggy uh, they would get into they would they would get into the riff of the song and just fucking bleed that thing out like they were <laughs> right. it, and it was and it was people were I I tripped on mushrooms once at one of their shows at CB's I think they played with the unsane it was like a weird uh CMJ showcase yeah. and it was and just like it just had that vibe that just you know just pot smoke and people tripping and people sweating and uh Dave, Dave, Dave was such a like shamanistic kind of lead you know lead singer frontman right. where he would sometimes have the guitar on sometimes not and he would get down on his knees and he would get into the crowd and it was just it just had so it what was it a tight unit of amazing musicians no but that's not what it was that's not that wasn't their thing right it was yeah. more of a it was just a show that this just and there were great lights and visuals you know they had the oils you know behind them that uh I think Tim Cronin, uh, for a time, was doing that. Once he left the band as one of the members, uh, you know, when he was playing drums, right. and when he when he left, he became like the visuals guy, sound guy, and stuff like that. So there were great visuals behind them. So it was this whole like, you know, three hundred and sixty degree thing, which also appealed to me. Right. You know what I mean? It was like an event. Yeah. You like know, a ritual. 
you know, you said something interesting. Is like you know for show, and you know I think that's always what I had a problem with them and their music. It just seemed a it seemed like a lot of it was for show, and I'm not trying to discount his efforts or its impact on a, a you know you or another other fans. It's just like it always every time, and even listening to the playlist, like I was like, okay, listen to you haven't listened to Monster Mag in a good ten years. This will be a good this will be a good exercise. Um, and it, it, you know the thing about their music, it just it always leaves me kind of wanting. Like I'm just like, okay, uh, I it's like it's not quite there for me. It's like it's almost very first draft. And I don't know if I get caught up in you know the lyrics when they go and go. Uh, what was that song like? Uh, Blow them off. When it's like uh, when you said all right, I thought you said all, you meant all right. Like it's just like okay, I, I get you're trying to put words to the song. But it just, there's like, there's this depth of both riffs and lyrics that just seem, uh, here's probably a better way to put it when I say the wanting thing. Like when I listen to their Spine of God, I'm like, oh, Hawkwind. I'm like, ah, I'd actually really just rather go listen to Hawkwind right now. And then there's other songs I was just like, oh, that sounds a little bit like Mud Honey. I'm like, ah, you know what? I'd rather go listen to Mud Honey. And then when Ed came into band, like, I was very, I love Atomic Bitchwax. So every time I hear Monster Mac, I'm like, I hear a little bit of Atomic Bitchwax in there. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to turn this off and go listen to Atomic Bitchwax. And again, music is one of the hardest businesses to get into. So I'm not trying to sh take a big shit on him. I'm just saying, like, for me, I've really tried to get into, tried to listen to their music. And it's just, it just never really hits the spot with me. And it's from all angles too. It's not I, like, I, not even like looking at the cover, which granted 10 years ago, if I looked at the a Monster Magnet cover, especially with guys giving me the rock on symbol with shade, you know, reflector glasses off, I'm going to walk away. Not, That's, not, that came later. That yeah. all that shit came later when they became quote unquote professional hard rock musicians. Right. I, I, that your analysis is fair, right? Uh, and you're also entitled to your opinion. Thank you. So, uh, <laughs> but here's the, th here's the thing. I think those, the, I think Spine of God tab and all the early sort of stuff. I think McBain had a big hand in it. The guitar player, right. John McBain, who would later form a band with Ben Shepard from Soundgarden called Hater. I think they put out yeah, a couple yeah, yeah, records. Yeah, yeah. And then he also did Wellwater Conspiracy which I thought was really interesting too, and did a bunch of the records, uh, well, Wellwater Conspiracy. I, I, I really like that. But once he left, I think it changed. I think it changed them. I think they, you know, little by little, became a more professional band, like an act. It was yeah. like an act. But I don't, and I see, and that's, and that's, and I think that's maybe the point you're trying to make. It was too much of a, you know. Too much of a sh too too sticky maybe too you know too much too like a guy like you're at a party and he brings out his guitar and he wants everyone to circle around him and I'm like right and I'm like all right, right guy I'm just trying to drink and get a buzz on I don't, I'd rather hear the stereo than hearing you sitting in the you know it just has a little bit you're right it has a little bit of airs in it even and like trying to be something maybe this is wrong but this is what it feels like he's trying to be something he's not like he's trying to be this rock god. And he could have kept to basics of what he was good at, and rather than trying to elevate it to some place he, he probably didn't have it in him, at least at that time, to kind of go there. I don't know. I, I, I think I think he was a bit older. Like people didn't realize how old he was, even even when Spine of God and stuff came out. 
um, you think you would see, you could see it later later on into the 90s how old he was when he started started dyeing his hair black and like really right. working out a ton uh, in the gym. Apparently, when he goes to the gym in Jersey, he wears all his shit like a black t-shirt and jeans while he's working out. I this is what I've heard. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, but um, but what I, what I guess what the point I'm trying to make is the early stuff I think was legit. Like his performance, the records, the music was legit, right? Right. But I think I think it was also self-destructive. Like it could, like if he kept going with that vibe, I think he would have wound up in a in a grave because it was. I think it took. I, and this is just me. I don't know. I think it took a lot out of him. Right. Right. And, but it was. But but it was such a powerful force that it 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 sucked me right in right and compared to the landscape of hard rock and metal at the time so early 90s into the mid 90s into the late 90s they were still good even super judge i'd love and they signed to a major label which was crazy they were like on a and m after that and i thought that was like whoa how did they you know like i can't believe these guys signed to a major uh but at that time it was like sort of post nirvana so a lot of bands indie bands were getting signed and um you know it's like sort of like a feeding frenzy and so they put out those records on a&m and and they're still good i liked super judge and i liked dopes to infinity uh, maybe super judge i like a little bit more um but you know like Soundgarden was getting bigger and right. like just it the landscape of those bands was more interesting to me than the actual landscape of like the metal bands right like metal you know like metal was like still experiencing a sort of like identity crisis uh and and these were guys that held up the you know the the sort of like well mainstream metal like that around that time though though, you have the death metals like the cannibal corpses yeah those guys were kind of those guys the more extreme what you're right so more the extreme stuff was was kind of coming up from the bubbling up but um morbid angels but you were also you were also seeing some of the extreme bands uh, crossing over, like Entombed made uh, rock records, uh, Carcass made Swan Song, which was a, basically a rock right. record. Uh, the guy from Carcass uh, formed Firebird, which is a like a blues rock band. So they, there was all this like kind of change and shifting, shifting of perception, shifting of the music. But, Guy, you know, guy, guys that were maybe doing punk and metal, right. more like more straight up punk and metal stuff, then started gravitating towards this like sort of bluesier, stonier, stonery kind of uh, thing. And I, I was just intrigued by all of that. And I was young, young, and there wasn't a lot to go on, right? Uh, from a from a contemporary uh, uh, standpoint. So, in some ways, Monster Magnet was also a gateway to other stuff that was older. Like uh, Damnation of Adam Blessing, which I think they did a cover of, uh, uh, or Captain Beyond, or Sir Lord B- Baltimore. So they were like a gateway to all those bands, blue, che- de- you yeah. know, deeper, like deeper, like blue cheer material and yeah. stuff like that. So, so they, it, it was they were more than just a right. band that I, whose first, I mean, yeah, first record that's, I really liked. It was more than that. That's a very good point. But I will say their cover, their cover of Cactus, Cactus is Evil is horrible. It was like, yeah, it's not it's great. So uh, che- it's so it's cheesed up. And, it, yeah. and the thing, but also it's like the thing you, you and I like about covers, actually it's fun, the irony is the cover of Cactus is Evil is a cover of uh, 
you know, Holly Wolf song. And they That's right. Who, they, and I think, they did, transformed did Willie Dixon it. write that? I think yeah. Willie Dixon wrote that song. Yeah. He, yeah, he yeah. wrote it very yeah, he did. Yeah. And but he they transformed it. Like basically the Monster Magnet version just is just they're aping just Dave's vocals is kind of blustering over here and there. But any that that's neither here nor here. Here's a question that I have for you though. You yeah. you they they put out a lot of albums since Power Trip, which are playlist that, covers. Yeah. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because they came with an album like a couple years ago. Was it Mind Mindfucker? Because uh, mm -hmm. I heard that on Gimme uh, Gimme Gimme Metal. But like, what is your thoughts? Because you we really I, I don't think any a lot of the stuff on the playlist doesn't really cover the last uh, twenty years of their stuff. I think I think I, I I stopped after Power Trip. I, so like the playlist goes up in two and including songs from Power Trip, and then after that I stopped. And here's why: because okay. Ed left the band, and then the other guys left the band. Joe and uh, fuck, Joe Calandra and the other the the drummer guy they left. So then it just became sort of like it sort of became like Dave Windorf and his revolving door of different guys. So it's like the Dave Windorf show. And I, and I, and that's when I lost interest and don't really, I don't really care. Right. Like now, uh, because I feel like that sort of like that, that sort of, I don't know, micro, uh, environment that they created for themselves. It just broke apart. And then it became right. this sort of like, you know, show business thing with, with, uh, with, but that's um, like behind the scene. That's like the, the accountants and the bean counters. Like, I, you know, I know, but, 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 just, but the music, but the music was, but it translates, it translates okay. to the music. I like, I don't, I didn't like the album they made after Poucher. What is it? God says, no. God says, no, I don't yeah. like that record. And I think that started a trend of me not liking the records that they made after that. You know, I heard that they made one, uh, record with uh, I know Mikey Wild would play drums on it, who, um, who I'm friends with, and he, my, Mikey was in D Generation, but he was also in a band that I put out, Chrome Locust, and oh, yeah. um, and so I I heard that that record is okay, Monolithic, I don't know, Baby, there's always Baby, baby in one of there, yeah, Monolithic baby. baby, yeah, and um, and so I heard that's good, but like I just don't. I, something about like once Power Trip came out, and also Power Trip. Let's let's bring this up. It had a huge hit, Space yeah, Lord, which yeah. was a it it, it sent that. You know, that was yeah. the other thing when Space Lord came out, the single and that album, uh, Power Trip. It was kind of like redemption for all of us that were really into the sort of stoner yeah, rock yeah. scene. It was like, oh, they crossed over. Yeah, you see, there's there this music has potential. Meanwhile, like. Since then, not too too much of that stuff's crossed over, uh, other than like. But that's got to be like, dude. Yeah, that's got to be a whatever. hard. Cr that's got to be a hard crash though, because like you put them on a pretty high pedestal enough to. Like, I did. I did. I did, and maybe that's why I don't like. Maybe that's why I don't like the records that came after uh, Power Trip, because I put them on a high pedestal. I got to know them from working with Ed, and I actually knew, and I got to know Windorf and the other guys, and I hung out in that scene more and the Red Bank scene because yeah. I I put out some other bands from that from that scene um and and i think when i and that's the thing man this is always the this is like the death sentence for for it's like because i because because i worked never meet your heroes scenes. yeah don't meet your heroes man you're going to be disappointed and uh and um 
Yeah, that's uh, that's what happens. Uh, and then, uh, like, I remember even on Power Trip, they toured with Marilyn Manson and White oh, Zombie oh, and just boy. these bands that I didn't give a fuck about. And it just, you know, it cheapened it a little bit. But yeah. and I and I moved on. I moved on to other things. You know, I moved on to other bands that I thought had, you know, and, and you know, and, but but I but I thank Monster Magnet for for you know sending me down the rabbit hole. You know, like I really thank them for that in opening me up and changing my perception of music and what you can do with it and how you can uh, engage in it, you know, and engage in it and, and all this stuff. And yeah, that's, that's, that's it, you know, and I'm not going to sit here and bash all the records they did after power. No, I, was I, don't sure, really, I, I don't really need, I don't really need to. No, and I wasn't trying to set you up for that. No, I, like, I know, I know. I, I'm just, just curious because like that, I, I've had experiences like that and I'm sure they'll come up at some point because it's like you get, you you get on your knees to certain bands and then they make decisions and some of them you're you know you're on the board you're on board with because it appeals to you because ultimately at the end of the day there's it's still a, a band playing music for you and if you deal with music with clear eyes and an open heart the band name really doesn't matter after the needle goes down it's like it's really like is this am I enjoying this and after ten listens do I enjoy it more or do I you know and sometimes they, you know, they try some things and they don't work. Or sometimes they get sloppy. Sometimes they just get egos. Or sometimes it's just, you know, a bad mix of personality. Who knows what the thing is? It's just a, you know, it's it's a day by day process with some with with, with many bands. And I, you know, it, 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 I like again. There's not like I love. I really do like the song "Dopes to Infinity." And there's yeah. And the, uh, look to your own for the waitings. I think is the name of that. I like that song. I like too. So, I'm glad that I did. I went through this again, um, and it, because it was. And you, you know, I, I think there's a satisfaction of being wrong more for me, more for a lot of people than there is of being right. Because getting right is being right and stuff. Then it means that you're you're getting a little too comfortable and a lot less curious. And uh, yeah. And you know, as you and I talk about all the time. The twenty the twenty year old version of us are, is much different from the fourteen year old version. That's it's different from the thirty year old version. That's different from the forty year old version. And that's right. You're always you're always learning. Your perception changes. What you thought was so important and so interesting twenty years on is not so much. And, yeah. But but it could still be endearing, right? So yeah. For example, for example, a lot. Of, I like a lot of the sort of like songs on Spine of God and even on on. Uh, on dopes and on and on super judge where they bring it down a little bit mm -hmm. and with congas and yeah, yeah. acoustic yep. guitars where it has and it and even some of the stuff that's more garagey or more like surf surfy like, yeah, like there's a lot of they, they a lot like, of surf yeah that's what i was so, saying there's like a lot of mud honey like yeah yeah and, I, and that stuff kind of appeals yeah. to me because it taught me first of all i like that they're doing it but it also taught me about digging deeper right. into music like here's an i here's an idea Go find, go find right. more of it. You know what I mean, and and that and that's how I look at that band. You know, regardless of all the shit that I found out about them later personally, which you know, it's always a story of drugs. And, yeah, you could have caught them on a band and groupies, and I, and I just like that, yeah. that stuff's not interesting to me. Yeah. It's all about the music. Yep, it is all about the music, and that's what our wonderful show is all about. All about the music. That's and, right. And if you have a band you want us to check out or go in deep in and give the auto reverse treatment feel free to give us a uh, shoot us an email at auto reverse pod at gmail.com or hit us up on facebook or uh, instagram and let us know because 
you know, we're up for it, right, buddy? That's right. All right. And until next time. All right. Peace.